and I say, well, it's different. Whoops, <laughs> wrong, wrong answer, that's a bad thing. When you say that, then she knows that it didn't, didn't work very well and it's not very delicious. And so to say that something is different can potentially have a bad connotation to it. You know, you're just trying to avoid saying, that really tastes awful and I don't want any more of it. You know, you're trying to avoid to say that and you say it's different and that implies it's not too good, it's bad, a bad thing. But on the other hand, sometimes when we talk about things that are different, we mean it's good. Do you guys remember back, and boy, time flies, but what's it been 25 years or more ago, I suppose, yeah, over 25 years ago when the Saturn Car Company uh, began making cars and they actually had an advertising slogan at the time that the, that the Saturn was a different kind of car company. You remember that? And what they meant by that is a good thing. That, that this Saturn car company wasn't going to be like all the rest. And people had some dissatisfaction with other car companies, but the Saturn car company was going to be a different car company. And they meant that in a good way. Today, we want to use that term different. But again, we want to use it in a good way, and we, we want to talk about it in relationship to our service to God. And we want to suggest that as Christians, we need to be different. But we don't mean it in a bad way, we mean it in a good way, and we want to talk about some of the very distinct areas in which God expects us as Christians to be different. We stop here for just a minute to say thank you to everyone who's come out. We appreciate your presence very much. We've had a beautiful Lord's Day here in Middle Tennessee, and it's a great opportunity to come back on Sunday night, spend an extra period of time studying from the Word of God, singing, praying, encouraging one another, and certainly we pray God is glorified by our assembly tonight. Thank you all for being here. For those who may be visiting with us, thanks for coming. Please come again every time you have a chance to be here. Christians, we need to be different. You know, it's not easy to be different. It's much easier to blend in. But it's essential for us as the people of God to be different. And one of the ways in which we need to be different is in the very way that we think, our thought processes. In the reading that Henry did for us just a moment ago from Mark chapter 7, beginning verse 21, it says, For within, out of the heart, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. Notice the Lord said, out of the heart proceeds these things. But then he goes on to, to mention not just thoughts that come, but also actions that follow. And we've made the point over and over again, how you think leads to how you act. Thoughts precede actions, as we say. And that is so true. And therefore, as Christians, we've got to be extremely careful to be different in the way that we think, different from the people of the world around us. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Be careful with your heart. Be careful what you put in there, because what you put in there and what you allow your heart to dwell on will ultimately be manifested in the things that you do. Be careful about, especially be careful about TV, be careful about the movies you watch. Be careful about what you browse around on in your internet connection. Be careful about the music you listen to. Be careful about the media that you allow yourself to be exposed to because you know what all those things are doing, right? They're affecting your thinking process. 
and they're changing you in, in the ways that those people think is uh, necessary or appropriate. Some of those are not good ways to be changed in our thinking. We need to be different. Well, we're going to have to be different from the world, and that's going to mean that we may restrict ourselves in regards to some of the things that the worldly people do because they don't care about their thought processes, but we must. Be careful about your thinking. Along that same line, be careful about your priorities. You got any priorities in your life? Well, you could ask that of anybody, and the answer would have to be yes. Everybody has priorities, right? Uh, priorities are just what's important to you. Uh, to worldly people, they have priorities, things that are important to them, but for us as Christians, we have to be different in regards to what are the most important things in our lives. You remember very clearly Jesus said, Matthew 6, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Excuse me, I went too far there. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Notice especially that Jesus said, Put the kingdom things first in your life. He did not say, Kingdom things are important. Get them high on your list. Uh, but certainly your work is more important than the kingdom. Kingdom would have to come second to work. Kingdom would have to come second to your schoolwork. Kingdom would have to come second to your family and your recreation and your other pursuits. No, that's not what he said. He said kingdom things have to come first. Now that really makes us different. If we actually implement that, that makes us a very different kind of people. Because if you were to talk to someone in the world and and you explain to them that your service to God as a Christian, the things that pertain to the spiritual kingdom of Christ, His church, are more important to you, for instance, than your job, people would shake their heads and say, what, there's something wrong with you. They'd really be shocked if you said, my service to God as a Christian is more important to me than my family. They, 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 they would probably want to uh, assign you to an insane asylum of some kind. You've got to be crazy. What kind of a weirdo are you? You really mean that, that your service in the Lord's church is more important to you than your family? Yeah, it has to be. And that's, what, that's the idea. We're, we need to be different. People, people of the world should be surprised when they hear what our priorities are. We are to be really different. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, here's where Jesus actually says, Serving the Lord faithfully has to be more important than family. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Do you see that? That's pretty plain, isn't it? Jesus says our priorities have to be different than the priorities of the people of the world. We've got to work on that. We've got to be different. It's not easy to be different. We like to be like, the, like everyone else. We like to blend in. But God is calling us out to be different from the world. So, uh, these are some underlying concepts, if you will. Be different in your thinking, be different in your priorities. And if we do that, then I think that there are going to be some, some practical manifestations of that. That difference is going to come through in some of the other practical things that we do. For instance, it's going to make our language different. As Christians, the way we talk has to be different. It's a concerning thing when you hear Christians using coarse, common language like people of the world use. And sometimes, unfortunately, that happens. And it's not just the, the so-called cuss words or swearing. Those things are obviously wrong. But there are other things that you sometimes hear Christians uh, saying that 
are shocking and discouraging when you think about maybe off-color jokes that are whispered under the breath or when you hear God's name taken in vain and maybe it's not directly using the name of God in vain but using some approximation to it, something close to it uh, that's been invented sort of to keep from actually saying God's name in vain but in practical reality it's the same thing as using his name in vain. We've got to be careful about that. We've got to be different. That that sort of thing should never be heard from the lips of a Christian. We've got to be different. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 and 7, Jesus said, Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. What we say, the language that we use, is very important. And for that reason, as Christians, we need to be different. I would hope that for all of us, if, if you were to interview someone who knows you on the job, maybe a neighbor who interacts with you in the community, someone who knows you, they're not a member of the church, they, they may themselves not even be a Christian or care anything about being a Christian, but if you were to ask them, do you know such and such, a brother or sister uh, in this local congregation, do you know them? Oh yeah, I know them. I hope if you were to ask, they might even volunteer it on their own. I've never heard them say one thing out of the way. I've never heard that come out of their lips. I hope we have that kind of reputation. We need to be different in something as simple as the kind of language that people know that we use. You've got to be different about where you go and your companions. Uh, I want to especially encourage our young people in this regard. You've got to be different about this. You just can't go with the flow. You just can't go with the crowd. You're going to have to be different about where you go and the people that you associate with. I'm convinced that this is an area of biggest concern, especially for new and young Christians. Um, you You can't run with the worldly crowd because they are going the wrong direction. And you need to know that. And so you just got to make up your mind that you're going to be different. And when, and when that crowd tries to get you to engage in the kind of things that they're doing, you just got to say, I don't do that. Uh, I'm a Christian. I, I, I don't engage in that sort of thing. It's gonna, it, it'll probably open you up to some ridicule. Uh, people might potentially make fun of you. That's okay. You've got to accept that. You've got to accept the fact that you're different, that you're not like the people of this world. Uh, we know better. And we've got to do better. We've got to be different. In First Thessalonians 5, 22, Paul says, abstain from all appearance of evil. I can't go there. I can't do that. Uh, I, I don't want to be even recognized as being even close to that sort of thing that you're planning on doing. That's the way we need to react. In Matthew 5, verse 16, you remember Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You letting your light shine? Young people, you letting your light shine? As you let your light shine, it's going to show the darkness. It's going to be contrasted to the darkness of the world that is around us. Are you willing to be different and let your light shine? In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, it says simply, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. That was written almost 2,000 years ago. But I'll tell you, it is as truthful now as it ever was Bad company corrupts good morals. In Exodus chapter 23, way back with the children of Israel, Moses warned them, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. 
we need to learn the lesson. We've got to take the warning. And so when it comes to our decisions, and really what we're talking about now is some of the decisions you're making. Because you think different, your priorities are different, you're going to have to make decisions about things like language. You're going to have to make decisions about where you go and the kind of people that you associate with. And those decisions are going to necessarily separate you in ways from the people of this world. And they're going to, they're going to see that you're different than they are. Uh, and as we said, that, that's not always a comfortable thing. And they, may, and they may try to persecute you in one fashion or another for that difference. We've got to be willing to stand up to that persecution that comes from being different. We must be different. Part of the practical application of this difference will be in the way that we dress. Uh, we're, summertime is winding down, and, and that being the case, although it's still fairly warm, within the next few weeks we imagine that some of the kinds of immodest clothes that are so prevalent in the summertime will begin to fade away. But i got to tell you, I've been shocked uh, to be out in the community and see people wearing really scanty clothing even on really cold days. You'd like to think that the cold weather would at least make them put some clothes on, but that's not always the case. But the fact of the matter is, in dress, we have got to be different. Uh, I think there's an increasing problem among God's people, uh, the issue of modesty. The, the influence of the world is so strong and, and the, the tendency to follow the trends that are popular in dress in society are so powerful. And again, this is a special temptation for young people, but for everyone, we've got to be careful and we have got to be willing to be different. A while back in a gospel meeting I was preaching one place, I was trying to make a point along these lines about modesty and, and I was actually trying to be uh, sort of tongue-in-cheek and I, I mentioned the local preacher and suggested that somebody might see him out mowing his lawn uh, in shorts with no shirt on. And what a shocking thing that would be to see the, the preacher. He's, he's out. He's out in his front yard. He's mowing. He's, he's, in shirt, he's in shorts and he has no shirt on. And I tried to make the point, wouldn't you be shocked? and Wouldn't you be disappointed to see the preacher dressed like that? And I, I actually had one of the ladies in that church come to me and say, I wouldn't be shocked. It wouldn't bother me at all. And I, I had to think that's just an indicator of how far this has gone and how we have sort of lost control of this question. This, it, this, it's a moral question. And uh, as when you can get Christians to acknowledge, I wouldn't be shocked by that. It wouldn't bother me to see that. Then that's an indicator that we're not maintaining this distinction being different from the people of the world. You know the passages we often cite, 1 Timothy 2, beginning verse 9, in like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. The question that I think we have to ask is, if some of these kinds of clothing that you see people wearing, and even see some Christians wearing, and unfortunately you even see some Christians wearing this kind of clothing and posting pictures of themselves wearing this kind of clothing on Facebook and other social media. And I just have to ask the question, if that, if that kind of clothes constitutes modest apparel, please describe to me some kind of clothing that would not be modest. All right? Now, if we take that kind of stand, 
I'll tell you, it's going to definitely distinguish us as being different. We have to accept that reality. We have to be willing to be different. In Proverbs chapter 7, verse 10, I think this makes a powerful statement. You've seen this verse before. Proverbs 7, verse 10, Behold, there met him a woman, notice, with the attire of a harlot and a subtle heart. Well, what's the attire of a harlot? Well, it, 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 it makes a mental picture, doesn't it? You understand. But the point of this is, and that's a whole interesting context to study, of course, but the point of it is the way you dress identifies you. In this, in this episode, this scenario that's being described there in Proverbs, here's a woman, and the very way she dressed gave off an immediate signal to the kind of immoral woman she was. So your, your dress identifies you. It identifies you as a harlot, for instance, or it might identify you as something. But as Christians, our dress needs to identify us as Christians. And that's going to be way different from the world, way different. Uh, are you willing to accept that, that you are different and, and you will wear the clothes, that uh, uh, the modest clothes that a Christian ought to wear, even when it distinguishes you as being quite different from the people of the world around us? We've got to be different. Let me talk to you about being different in the way that we act within our homes. And again, people ought to see this. Uh, a lot of people have, I think, the idea that being religious, being a Christian, is just something that you do for an hour or two on Sunday morning, and then the rest of the week you just go on about your business just like everybody else does. Uh, no, we know that that's not true. And one of the areas where people in the world ought to see a a marked difference in us is in, in our home lives, in the way that we act to, uh, in our homes, uh, uh, the way we relate to one another, in our families. In Ephesians chapter 5, we don't have time to read or study that whole text, but you remember it. In, in Ephesians chapter 5, and running on into chapter 6 of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul talks about family relationships and how they ought to be conducted. And he addresses the wives. He said, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Uh, that's not politically correct that wives should be submissive to their husbands, but it's biblical for sure. And a wife who's conducting herself in the way that the Bible says a wife should in relationship particularly to her husband is going to be seen as different. And husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. We've often pointed out that it won't be hard for wives to be submissive to a husband who is loving her the way that he should. Husbands need to love like that. Husbands need to be unselfish. Love your wives like Christ loved the church. But I'm going to tell you, there's not, the husbands in this world are not typically doing that. We've got to be different husbands in that regard. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. It's so common for young people to be rebellious toward their parents and disrespectful. But young people, God's Word calls upon you in your family and in your relationship with your parents to be different. You're not to be like the young people of the world and disrespecting your parents. You're to be obedient to your parents. But parents also, you have an awesome responsibility. Don't neglect your parental duties. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I'm going to tell you, if we live in our families like the Scriptures tell us to live, we're going to look way different from the world. But I want to tell you that difference will end up being a great blessing to us if we will determine to do it. 
Because I want you to think about the, the families of this world. Think about the people that you know and the families that you're aware of and some of the horrible heartache and trouble that's entered their lives because they weren't living like God told them to live. We're protected from an awful lot of bad things in our families when we live like God tells us to live. We'll be different, but that difference will end great blessing now as well as in eternity. Be different in your home. And then finally, we could, we could add to this list more and more areas, but let me suggest we need to be different in regards to our worship and the way we serve in the, in the church. Uh, most people religiously want to have the privilege of doing things the way they want to, doing their own thing the way they want to. Uh, and, and they're not typically very interested in the ideas of Bible authority, thus saith the Lord, book, chapter, and verse. Uh, we do this because here's what the New Testament tells us to do. We're trying to follow the Bible just as carefully as we can, that sort of thing. Uh, most, most people who would be even identified as religious people are not inclined that way at all. But this is another area wherein we ha must be different. John 4:24, you know it. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, we've got to have this sincere spirit, but it's got to be according to truth. We know that. The real question is stated by Paul in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Now, look at that question. Paul asked, who, basically, if I was going to paraphrase that, I'd say Paul is asking the question, who am I trying to please here anyway? Am I trying to persuade men, please men, or am I trying to please God? That ought to be such an obvious thing. But it's not. Because lots of religious people, if they wouldn't say so in, with, vocally, they certainly demonstrate it by their actions that who, they're trying to please men. They're trying to please men and they're trying to please themselves. Paul says if you're, stri if you're striving to please men, you are not really being the servant of Christ. We've got to be willing to be different even in our worship, in our, in, in our religious practice. So here's just some areas. I think they're important areas. Again, I think you could expand this list and you could identify lots of other areas where Christians need to be different. But these are important ones. I think you will agree with me. It is not easy to be different. So much easier to blend in and be like the people around us because being different often brings reproach and persecution. But God has promised to reward us if we will take it upon ourselves to be the distinct and different people that he desires us to be. Uh, so just an encouragement, nothing new here in our lesson tonight, but just, just an encouragement for us to work at this being different that God wants from us. Hope that we are all encouraged as we begin this new week, as we go about all of the things that we have to do in the week, to remember who we are and what we're about. Thanks for listening so good tonight. We're going to sing a song of invitation. If there's anybody here who needs our assistance, if you desire to obey the gospel, we'd be glad to, to join with you and assist you in, in naming the name of Christ and becoming a child of God. If you're a Christian but you have not been living that distinct, different life that God wants you to live, if you need the prayers of the saints, if there's anything we could do to help, let us know while we stand and sing.